Good morning, good morning. If you guys have your Bibles open to uh, 1 John chapter 4, that's where we're going to be heading this morning. And my, my first question is this, have you ever been influenced by anybody? <laughs> the answer is yes. At some point in your life, you've been influenced by a, fa- a friend, a family member, or, or a, a group of people. Uh, and, and, and I was reminded that, that, I was reminded this morning that in Exodus chapter 14, God calls Moses to lead the people of Israel out of, out of slavery. And what, it, it was really interesting because what, uh, there was this moment in Moses' life where he, why are you laughing? There was this moment in Moses' life where he said, where God, where he encountered, he has this burning bush experience, right? And in, in the first uh, few chapters of Exodus, he has this, he has this burning bush experience where all of a sudden he's walking, all of a sudden this bush is on fire, he goes up and finds out that, that the Lord speaks to him through this burning bush. And then there's this moment where God says to Moses, what is that in your hand? And he says, it's a staff. Well, he says, I want you to take the staff and I want you to throw it down. And so Moses throws it down on the ground and it turns into a snake. And then all of a sudden he says, now I want you to pick it up. I'd be like, "Uh uh-uh. No, he he did tell him to pick it up by the tail, okay. So he he goes down, he picks it up and what does it turn back into? A staff, and what I was reminded of this morning is that, that God gave Moses a staff as a, as a reminder, as this beginning to, to know that he was going to be with him, because then there was this moment where Moses goes down to the Red Sea, and, and God tells Moses, okay, I want you to stretch out the staff now, and what does he do? He separates the Red Sea. Well, what I love about that is what God has actually given us in the New, if you jump to the New Testament, God's actually given us something too, and it's called a sword. And this is a reminder to that this morning is that we've been given a sword. Now, the sword is not actually a literal sword, but it's the Word of God that He's given us to help us, guide us through, along the way. And then one of the things that's been on my mind for a lot, for, for probably about a year now, is this whole idea of discernment and influence. Like, what are the things that are influencing my life, and how am, I, how am I making decisions? What kind of discernment am I getting in making decisions in my life? Has anybody ever made bad decisions? We all have at one point or another. Right? And maybe that's because we didn't allow the sword or the spirit of truth, the word of God actually guide us through those decisions. Now, when I was a junior, when I was a junior in high school, I had three friends. I didn't have many friends, but I had three friends. One's name was Kale, one's name was John, and one's name was Derek. And it was, it was the summer of our junior, we were getting ready to go into our senior year, and uh, we were at Kale's house, and it was about two or three in the morning. And high school juniors make really good decisions at two or three in the morning. 
<laughs> and so we had been up, I don't know, we were watching a movie or something like that. And, and, and John said, hey guys, let's go over to the school. Okay, so we, we all went to school together and John was, uh, uh, he was uh, part of the manager of the basketball team and the basketball coach had given him a key to be able to get in the gym. Okay, and what John decided to do is to go make a copy of the key. And so that night, he's like, hey guys, the school that we went to had a swimming pool. He's like, hey guys, let's go swimming. They they thought at two or three in the morning, this would be a really good idea. So John and Derek come up to to Kel and I, and they say, hey guys, we're going to, let's go to the school and go swimming. And Kel and I were like, "Mm, we don't think that's a really good idea. So John and Derek decide they're going to go. And so they go over to the school at two or three in the morning. They, they, go, they take their key and they go, in, they go in through the gym and they go into the pool and they're swimming in the pool. They get out and they're walking, walking back through the school and they didn't know that the janitors were actually going to be there at two or three in the morning cleaning this place. And so they see the janitors and so they take off running. They go run out, they get in their car, and, and, they, and they drive away, with not knowing that the janitors had actually called the cops, okay? Well, the smart thing they, they did after they had left was they actually came back because they wanted to see what was going to happen. They were hiding in the bushes. I guess juniors in high school just don't make all that grace decisions. They're hiding in the bushes, and the cops come pulling in, you know, and they catch them. They catch them, they arrest them, and they take them to jail. And, and then Derek, John knew better than to call his dad because he knew he wasn't getting out. And so they called Derek's dad. Derek's dad pays $2,000 to get them out of jail. Fortunately, Kel and I look at each other and like, we're really glad we didn't make that decision. Because my dad would have said, sorry. And I'll tell you, that's right, I'll see you tomorrow, right? And my, I probably, I told my kids that. Hey, say, listen, you, hey, it's Father's Day. I'm trying to encourage you this morning. <laughs> I told my kids, you get arrested, you're probably going to spend the night in jail. Okay? So, in other words, don't do anything stupid. All right? And, and, and so, they got arrested, and, and, and Kel and I are talking about it, and, and, and really, I, and to this day, I look back to that as a moment that I'm really thankful I made the decision that I made not to go. Now, let's be honest. We've all made bad decisions. I'm not trying to, like, prop myself on the, oh, man, Pastor Chris, you made a great decision, because I've made a lot of bad decisions. But the great thing that we know is that God, in His love and mercy, actually forgives us for bad decisions. But he also wants us to make good ones. And so learning to discern and make good decisions becomes a really important part of our spiritual growth. And so what's happening here in 1 John chapter 4 is John's trying to help the believers in the church discern how to make good decisions, discern the truth. Because let's be honest, we're living in a culture nowadays where it's really difficult to discern what's right and what's wrong. God, and and God in his infinite wisdom wants to give us his, it says that he wants to give us his spirit to help us make good decisions, make right decisions, make good decisions, make the best decisions. And let's be honest, we live in a culture where we're not just, there's there's a lot of confusion in that sometimes we're not even sure what the right decision is. Political decisions, right? Religious decisions, 
right? There's this confusion between what's political and what's biblical. And, and, and there's a lot of, there seems to be, and what the enemy does is what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to make us feel like there's a whole lot of gray areas. When in, where in honesty, the, the Bible is pretty, for the most part, pretty black and white. And that's what I love about John. He's making it very clear as we're dis- about discernment as he's trying to help the believers understand that. And that's where we're, that's where we're at this morning. Because part of the problem was, here's the problem. So the problem was is that the culture or the, the, the leaders, religious leaders of that day were trying to make people believe that Jesus was God, but that he wasn't man. That he wasn't a real man. That yes, he was God, but there was no way that he came as a man on earth as the Savior. Because listen, we would not have the forgiveness today if Jesus had not come into the earth to die for our sins. So we need to be thankful that, that, that Jesus wasn't just God, but he was a man because that was the way God showed us that he loved us by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross that we might have the forgiveness of our sins and so that's what, that's what these people that John's talking to were dealing with. So let's look at chapter four. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. Now, here's the, here's the weird, here's the thing, okay? Now, I realize that when you say the word spirit, all of a sudden people go, ooh. Like we, we kind of get weirded out by that. If we're being really, if we're being really honest, in some circles, in some places, if you say the word spirit, especially even in the church, some people get kind of weirded out by that. But the truth of this morning is, is that guess what? There is a good spirit and there is a bad spirit. It's not like the commercial where you got one devil sitting on one side and the angel sitting on the other, okay? That's totally fake. But there is, a, there is a spirit that's trying to get, there are spirits that are trying to get you to do the wrong thing, to make bad decisions, and then there is also the spirit of God that's trying to help you make good decisions and do the right things. So, so John says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, and he goes on to say why he said that, but test the spirits to see whether they are from who? whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, remember that this actually connects back to, I believe it's in chapter two where he said the same thing, that many false prophets have gone out. And what I find really interesting is that's actually true today. There are many false prophets who are out there who are trying to get us to believe things that aren't true. But what I love about what John did is he actually gives us the ability and the understanding to, to begin to test the spirits, okay? Because that's what, that's the first words he says. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because there are many false prophets who have gone out from, uh, into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. See, making it plain and clear. This is how you can recognize it. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come into the, come in the flesh is from God. Because remember, what they were wrestling with is that God, that Jesus was God, but they said he wasn't a man. And so now he's saying, hey, this is how you can recognize it. If the spirit acknowledges that Jesus is a man. 
that he is from God, that he, came, that he came in the flesh and is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now, listen, the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. It didn't say that the Antichrist has come. It said that the, anti, the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. And that means that is the spirit that's trying to get you to do things. Again, I know that sometimes we start to talk about the spirit. People get weirded out by it. But it's the truth. We have to realize that there is the spirit of the Antichrist, and it takes on very many different forms. And what it's trying to get us to do is to believe things that aren't true. Even in this place, if we're not careful, the spirit of the Antichrist can try and get you to not say and do things that you know that you should be doing. One of those would be fear. If we're not careful. It does... It, it, uh, does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Uh, that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard coming even now. It's already in the world. You, dear children, are from God. What I love is he starts verse 4 with our identity. You, dear children. Because we talked a little bit about that a couple weeks ago, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the, everybody say greater. greater. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from that viewpoint. Therefore speak, uh, 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 let me back up, verse 5. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. Talking about the spirits that are from the world. So the world listens to the spirit of the Antichrist. We, although, are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So, God, so John begins to kind of give us really some plain and simple things, so I want to just lay them simply out to you with three points this morning to help us understand this passage. The first one is this, don't be easily deceived. Don't be easily deceived or influenced. All prophecy is to be judged by what? All prophecy is to be judged by Scripture. And I told the first service this, hey, listen, if you hear something from me, or if you hear something from a preacher on TV, or if you hear something from a person that you admire, or you think they're, you know, they're spiritually mature, so test it to see. Go home and read it for yourself. Don't just say, well, Pastor Chris said so, and so it must be true. Because guess what? The Tar Heels are the best basketball team in the world. <laughs> Where's all the Duke fan, Mark? Where you at, man? Oh, uh, here you go, go, Duke. See, they don't believe me. They like the devil. I can't figure that out. A, a good devil? Test the spirits. <laughs> All prophecy is to be, by Duke fan, is to be judged by the scripture. <laughs> Your devil, the enemy, roars or goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
I love you Duke fans. All right. But, and, and here, so, so don't be deceived. I got way off track there. Don't be easily deceived or influenced. All prophecy is to be judged by Scripture. Don't assume that every spiritual experience... Okay, this is really important. This is really important. Don't, don't assume that every spiritual experience or demonstration of spiritual power is from God. There are a lot of things in the world that claim to be from God that are not from God. And so we have to be able to discern that as, as individuals, as followers of Jesus, we have to be able to discern right, wrong, good, bad, what, what, is, what, is, what is from God and what is not from God. And, it, and we're, easily to be, we're easily deceived into believing things. There are a lot of things that say that they are from God that are not. And the enemy is really good, listen, the enemy's really good, or is really good at deception. And, and the other thing is, do you realize that in Matthew, the enemy actually tried to deceive even Jesus? Right? He went out into the wilderness, and while he was out in the wilderness, the enemy tried to deceive Jesus. I mean, he's, we're talking about Jesus. Don't you know who you're trying to tempt? He wasn't even smart enough to think, he was, he thought that he could true. Trick Jesus. And so if he surely thinks he can trick Jesus, then he surely thinks he can trick us. And so don't be, de don't be deceived. Judge what you know, what you think is truth. Judge it by the Scripture. Judge it by the Scripture. The second thing is this. God will never contradict himself. God doesn't say one thing in Scripture, and then if the pastor says something different, that just makes it true. So God never contradicts himself, and so we have to be able to, under, we have to, be able to understand that true prophecy and true teaching will present a true Jesus. Again, because remember, the Scripture said that if we're going to test the spirits, we have to see, are, are, do they believe that Jesus is who He says He is and what He actually came for? Uh, as I was studying, I came across this. I want to read it. Today, some groups deny that Jesus is really God, such as Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Muslims. And, and I thought, do I keep going down the, the line? But any religion needs to be tested by what they believe to be true about Jesus. Because there are many who say that they believe in Jesus, but they don't see Jesus as the actual Savior. And so we have to be able to navigate those things and discern those things in our life. Way back when John, in John's day, in the, in the time closest to the actual life and ministry of Jesus on earth, people didn't have a hard time believing Jesus was God, but they had a hard time believing that he was a real man. 
the false teaching said that Jesus was truly God, which is correct, but really a make-believe man. And if you remember Adam and Eve and what the, what the enemy tries to do, again, the spirit of the Antichrist that has many spirits out there, they're trying to deceive us. Remember what the spirit tried to do to Adam and Eve? He went to Eve and said, did God really say that? And so I think that's why we have to be able to learn to discern. You see, the devil doesn't care at all if you actually know Jesus. He doesn't care if you love Jesus. He doesn't care if you pray to Jesus as long as it's a false Jesus. And, and, I, and I think we can even replace that nowadays with the word God too because God, there's a whole lot of talk about God and there's less talk about Jesus. And where we begin to discern, again, what I love about Scripture, what I love about what John's doing is there's a whole lot of talk about God. I mean, athletes every single day, if there's going to be an athlete, if they win some form of a championship, they're going to say, I give God all the glory. The question becomes, which God? And the second question becomes, are you really giving glory to the God who actually gave you the ability? And is your life actually producing fruit that comes from that relationship with God? Because that's the other thing I think really important. When we have a relationship with God, there's fruit produced by it, right? We're changing. We're growing. And that's what John's trying to help his believers see, that they need to be growing in their walk with Christ. If you're still doing the same things you did as a junior in high school, then you probably haven't grown any. You're still doing the same stupid things. And hopefully as you get older and you mature and as you grow in your faith and you learn from the sword of the Spirit, from the Word of God, then you don't do things the same way that you used to do them. And so it's learning to be able to navigate those things and discern those, but you have to be able to grow in that. But God will never contradict himself. But he, the enemy will try and deceive you by making you think that it looks like Jesus, or it looks like something that is from God. Because I hate to say it, that there's a lot of people in our culture today that if they see it on a commercial, or they see it on, a, on the TV, or they hear it on the radio, or if they, they read it in a thing, they just start to believe it. Without, and what the Word of God is saying, test the spirits. It was, it was really interesting because I learned a lot about that years ago when Ashley and I moved here to plant the church. God came to us early in the morning, came to me early in the morning and said, hey, I want you to, to move to Wilmington, North Carolina, and I want you to plant a church. I'm just like, what? I mean, yeah, I love, would love to go to the beach. But at the point, I had no interest in planting a church. And it was one of those moments where we had to discern the will of God. I even had Christian people, pastors in my life who I'm, I'm going to for, uh, for uh, advice. And they're, they're saying, uh, man, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure you heard right. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I heard right. It was pretty clear. And so, but God had to give me that discernment a couple of years ago, um, uh, just over about a year and a half, about two years ago, God told Ashley and I that she was supposed to quit her job. 
And we're like, uh, uh, okay, what? Like, how's this going to work financially? We, we're used to living on two incomes and all that kind of stuff. We had like four kids the other week. I said three. I forgot one. <laughs> you see, when you have a grandbaby, you just forget them all. You're like, I don't have kids. I have a grandbaby. All right. They're like, how'd you get a grandbaby without having kids? I'm not sure. But it's one of those things where we had to discern through it. And, and what I love is now John kind of, he kind of wraps, he kind of wraps this with the last three verses, which I find, found really interesting. He says in verse four, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And so all of a sudden now he's saying, okay, test the spirits to see, make sure, uh, make sure they're in line with the Word of God, make sure that they believe in Jesus as the Savior, but remember that the one who is in you, remember he's talking to those who are believers who've given their life to Christ, that the Spirit of God lives in us, that the, the Spirit that's in us, that God put in us, is greater than the Spirit that is in the world, which gives us the ability to say no to the Spirit of the world. So to say no, to make good decisions, to, to continue to move forward and make this good and right and biblical decisions, godly decisions. And so we can walk in confidence, not in cockiness, but we can walk in confidence saying, I am doing my very best to strive to walk in the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives to us as we navigate these things. He says, greater is the one that's in you than the one that is in the world. It's this discernment that there are forces of spiritual darkness that guide and influence the world. And so I wrote this down. Jesus is greater than the things of the world. Because remember, we talked about the spirits. The spirits are trying to do everything they can to get you to go the opposite direction, away from Jesus. And what he's saying is, I put, I'm going to give you my spirit to help you be able to discern. And so as you do that, you test those spirits. Just because a godly person comes to you and says something doesn't make it right or true or from God. And so you have to have the discernment and the ability to discern those things when a person says something to you. Or you have to have the ability, much like me, you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like God's put something on your mind. And all of a sudden now you have to be able to navigate, discern, because in, a, in, in those moments what I will say is you wait and walk slowly as you discern what God has for you, unless he's already directly told you what you better go do. But Jesus is greater than the things of the world and we must walk, right? That's what John's been trying to get us to help us understand that we must walk in truth. And the only way to walk in truth is to be able to discern through the gift of the Holy Spirit, what is right, what is godly. And so the question becomes, who are you listening? Who are you listening to? We walk in truth by listening to Jesus. 
discernment. Discernment. There's, there's a couple things that I want to say about discernment. If you want true discernment, and I believe we probably all want that, the one, the, there's three ways to have true discernment. One is through prayer. The other one's through listening. And the other one is through the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit that He gives to each of us to be able to navigate those things that we have to make decisions about. It's one thing I wrote this down. It's one thing to have discernment to make good decisions. It's another thing to have discernment to make godly decisions. Not every good decision is a godly decision. Not every good decision is a godly decision. There, does that mean I got to stop preaching? Who was that? What was I saying? Um, I, it's interesting because I have a lot of people who, not a lot, some people who come for me, to me sometimes saying, hey, Pastor Chris, I just got a big decision to make. And they're like, some doors have opened. Okay. Every open door doesn't mean that God opened that door. And so being able to navigate through the spirit that God puts in us and know the truth is the best way that we can discern what God is doing. So will you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Is there a decision in front of you that you got to make? Would you ask God for discernment? Is there something that has been trying to influence you? That you need wisdom to discern a decision on? Are there some things that have influenced you that you thought were from God, but maybe they're not? Test the spirits and see. God, I just pray that as we sang a minute ago, that your spirit would rest on us. God, I pray that the Spirit of God would rest on this place right now. I pray that the Spirit of the enemy, the Spirit of the devil, the Spirit of the Antichrist, whatever you want to call it, you have no place in here right now. You must go. You're out of here. And God, I pray 
that the spirit of truth would fall. One of the things for us to make really good decisions and discernment on is by first surrendering the authority of our life to Jesus. Because you can make good decisions and not make godly decisions. And it's not until we come to this place where we surrender our life to Jesus. I'm not saying pray some prayer for salvation. I'm talking about surrendering your life to Jesus. You want him to be everything to you. And I believe that's when he begins to say, hey, here's the spirit of discernment because you're surrendering to the authority of Jesus. And so God, I pray that the spirit of discernment, the spirit of salvation would fall right now. I pray if there's anyone in here right now, Jesus, that doesn't know you, that they would surrender the authority of their life to you. There may be a big decision that's in front of them and they're getting ready to make a bad decision. And if they'll just surrender their life to you and the authority of your life to their life to you, then you'll help them know what the, you'll give them the discernment to make the right decision. God, I pray for those in here who have surrendered their life to you and the authority of their life to you. And I pray, and there's a decision and maybe they're being tested that there are things that are trying to influence them. God, I pray that they would test those things and be able to see clearly what the truth is, God, that you have for them. What I want to do now is I just want to open up the front again as we do regularly. And, and I just want to give you the ability to come down forward and Maybe you got a big decision that you got to make and you just want to surrender that to the Lord right now. Maybe you just want to come down and spend some time praying. Maybe you want to surrender the authority of your life to Jesus right now. We want to give you that opportunity. We're going we're gonna to sing a song because His mercies are there. And then we're going to end the service with a, I thank God again. But let's take this as a moment to say, God, would you give us your spirit that so we can discern truth and know you even more. Will you stand with me? And if you feel like coming forward during this time, would you do that?